like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. I suppose that it's no surprise that you've got a treat ahead for today's Song of the Soul. We're heading this week and next to Northern California to visit with Joanne Rand, whose combination of deep earth connection and wide-ranging spirituality made her a complete natural for this show. Raised in Georgia, with half of her life now on the Pacific Coast, Joanne and her dozen CDs cover a lot of physical and metaphysical territory. And she joins us by phone today from Northern California. Joanne, I'm excited to have you here today for Song of the Soul. I'm so excited to be talking to you, Mark. And you live in Arcata, which is exciting for me because I spent exactly one night there, slept at the college as I was hitchhiking through. How did you end up in Arcata? Arcata, California is about as far as you can get from a major metropolitan area in the United States in the lower 48. And that's basically why I wound up here, I think. I was born in Georgia, in Atlanta, Georgia, and when I was a child, my parents took me to the Rocky Mountains, and there's something that woke up inside of me when I saw that a wild place like that existed on this planet, so I wanted to wind up in a place where you could tap into the wilderness like that. I tour frequently, and I'm always reminded when I come back home that I think one of the greatest concentration of shakers and movers lives here in this region, southern Oregon, northern California, coastal area. Those are the two reasons why I'm here. Clean water, clean air, wild lands, and strong-minded people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't at all want to put down Arcata. I mean, I enjoyed my brief hours that I had there. But on the way there, I spent a couple of hours in Garberville. And this program goes out to Garberville, and there was something magical about the place just touched me. So hello, everybody in Garberville, that part of Northern California. There's just such beauty and power there. Well, you've got two and a half decades of making music, touring, getting around. How did you get started in music? I got started in music when I was three years old. Every night after dinner, I would go swing in the backyard on a swing set and sang at the top of my lungs. And I have vivid memories of that. You know, then I started piano and guitar when I was around eight. Studied classical piano until I was 14. And then I took Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, into my piano teacher, Mrs. Spiker. I took it to her and she said, I can't teach you this. So I quit classical piano lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Just proceeded to play on my own. 
And I was always a musician, but I was very shy. I was primarily a painter. In fact, I went to art school, School of the Art Institute of Chicago, and graduated from there. But I played music on the side in the privacy of my own home. It wasn't until I moved to the Pacific Northwest and started writing songs about my feelings about what was happening to the planet and the logging practices and such. Suddenly, the words, the songs became more important than whether I was shy or not. And I felt like the songs had to get out there. They had a life of their own. And that's why I became a performer. Your first two recordings you put out were cassettes. So that first one was a cassette. Just the first one. I guess yeah. two of them are listed on your site, I think, as cassette. Yes. You haven't bothered to port them over? Are those environmental songs? I haven't heard them. I know. I was just realizing that. I need to deal with that. But every time I think about investing in a CD, I have a whole bunch of new songs I want to put on it. So I just keep putting the new ones out. <laughs> but I should get to that. I know I should. And the first album is called Home. The songs are actually more spiritual. There are a few environmental songs, but I was living on a piece of land at the time in total wilderness. You had to canoe and hike a mile in. I was living there with my husband and my dog. It was in Northern California, and the songs were born of that place. In fact, that's really where I started writing those songs that had a life of their own that felt like they needed to get out into the world, demanded to be heard. They came from that land. They came from that river, the Smith River in Northern California. And the song is called Home. The cover is a picture of me on a rock in the river. And that was my home, that sense of belonging like I'd never known. So the songs are about the land and my love of the land. That first album had a song on it that was the one that people noticed. It's called Radiation on My Windshield. Um, I wrote it when the Chernobyl fallout was supposed to be arriving in this country. It's kind of funny, I guess, but it's not a joke. It's actually was... <laughs> there was a point, I was living in the Southwest, and the fallout was arriving in this country, and there was a point at which I got in my car, and there was something on my windshield, and I turned the wipers on, and I couldn't get rid of whatever it was, and I was convinced I had radiation on my windshield. <laughs> so I, anyways, it's a rock song, and that's the one that kind of launched me to fame, that first album. I think you should do a duet with Fred Small and do his song, Hot Frogs on the Loose. Which, <laughs> those are frogs that were infected by radioactivity from being around a power plant. Wow. And so, <laughs> Hot Frogs on the Loose and Radiation on Your Windshield, perfect match. But I'm pretty sure that's not what you wanted to start your song of the soul with. How do you want to start it? The first song we were going to play would be Made of Constant Sorrow, which kind of speaks to the fact that I, a lot of my identity is tied up with my southern roots. I'm from Georgia. My ancestors are all from Georgia, and most of my family, almost all of them, are still there. I have a very large, tight-knit family. It's a place that gets under your skin and never leaves you, even if you leave it. So the songs, those Appalachian traditionals, the tenacity of the people, something about the place. It stays with you. It's a part of me. It's in my bones. And I love that land. I love the culture and the people. And So the Maida Constant Sorrow is about someone who's a wanderer, a pilgrim, which is what I am. And I was unable to stay there. It's a traditional song from the Appalachians. I revamped it a few years ago when I was visiting my mom and dad. They're old. They're in their 80s. 
my mother and I got locked out of the house in North Georgia, and we had several hours to spend waiting in the mountains, just hanging out in the woods, in the driveway, <laughs> waiting for somebody to come home with the key. And I took a hike, and this song just started going through my head, and I worked up this kind of mod- modernized rendition of it. And in this version, the person is a pilgrim, and they move to the West, moved to California. I was raised in the East. I was raised in the West. Half of my life has been spent out here in the West. So I kind of have a foot in both worlds. And that's how I wanted to begin. With Made of Constant Sorrow by Joanne Rand. I am a maid of constant sorrow. I've seen trials all of may say that I'm a stranger
by Joanne Rand, Made of Constant Sorrow, from her CD, Snake Oil and Hummingbirds. I guess that's snake oil. Is that, Joanne, part of Northern California, or is that part of your aspirations for the Southwest deserts? I call it that because I think that my songs, or the songs that come through me, are a form of medicine, and sometimes the medicine goes down easy, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the songs that come through me are feel-good songs, and sometimes they're not. (laughs) So snake oil is a form of medicine that has a bite to it, a bit of a bite to it. And then the hummingbirds, snake oil and hummingbirds, the hummingbirds are the ones that go down easy. I was trying to think of the title of the album when I was making it, and I had decided to call it Snake Oil. And as I was just heading in to email the name to the duplicator, a hummingbird flew right in front of my face, and that was where the second half of the name came in. Well, one thing I note about that song is that I think Pink Floyd had more effect on you, perhaps, than your classical music teacher. <laughs> it's all in there, though, really. The classical's definitely still in there. So if I was to see you on stage, what would you be playing instrumentally? Guitar, piano, everything else? I play the guitar and the piano, and I sing, and I play some hand percussion. And I either perform solo, or I have a band, drums and bass. I have various satellite members that live in various ports, (laughs) guitarists here and there. And lately I've been doing a lot of work with a pianist who lives in my hometown of Arcata, who's kind of like me. He has Pink Floyd in there, and he has classical, and he has rhythm and blues, and he has he can go many, many places. I've been enjoying that collaboration. Give us more music. I think we need to get a little bit more taste of your music for people to have an idea who we're really talking to. The introduction to this next song, it's called Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star. I wanted to bring this in because it speaks to the land that I lived on in my 20s, which were in some ways the best years of my life. The highlight of my life was living out on that land where you had to canoe and hike a mile in. And we lived in a tree house. You had to climb a ladder through a trap door on the floor to get into our home so the bears couldn't get the food. It was incredible living out there. It's like nothing I've ever experienced. So one night I walked out of the house and I looked up and... (laughs) The stars were singing. I can't say anything more. I mean, that's just all I can say. It was a high keening, and it worked its way into this song. You know, this show is supposed to be about my spiritual journey, so I have to ask myself, what is my spiritual belief? Can stars sing? I think the way I like to live is that I like to have an open mind, and I don't close any doors. Some people believe that it's all a collective hunch. But for me, I know I heard those stars singing. And I wrote it into this song, which also is key because it's a song I played later, years later, with my band. I left that land in my 20s because I wanted I wanted more. I wanted to start a band. I met this guitar player named Steve Kimmock, who's since become quite famous. He is on this song, playing with me and with my band. 
song also speaks to the birth of a child. I have had a child since then. My daughter, Georgia, is 14 years old now. So it talks about yearning, yearning to belong to the universe, to the singing stars. And it talks about giving up that yearning to bear a child. Show me a little one who loves to laugh and have some fun, and I will never thirst for love or yearn to be the stars above. There's always been a part of me yearning to be the stars above. A big part of my life has been finding a balance between that yearning to be the stars above and the part of me that needs to be chopping wood, carrying water, towing the line, walking this earth, walking my path, being responsible to my child, my husband, my community. And the song is Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. It's from Joanne Rand's CD, Where Our Power Lies. I live in a tree And late at night I would see Stars dancing in thin air Trembling light without a care Singing home to me I am free Starlight, star bright First star I see tonight Send me down a strand of hair I may climb up there Oh, 
We're visiting today with Joanne Rand. You just heard her song, uh, actually multiple songs it feels like in there, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Obviously, Starlight, Star Bright's in there. So you're in your 20s and you're living in a treehouse. How big is this treehouse? Did you have closets? It was 12 by 16. We built it ourselves. We had to carry all the building materials and wheelbarrows and canoe them across the creek, carry them over the ridge. It was a single room with a wood stove in the middle and a bunk, no closets, and windows all around. Gigantic oak trees with branches that went down to the ground, huge green mossy branches like living creatures all around the house. It was so great. Every morning, I'd wake up and I'd go jump in the river and sit on a rock in the middle of the river and sing. And hence that line, I am free. I am free as part of floating in the river or being up with the stars and as opposed to being anchored and tied to the practical necessities with a child, maybe with a husband. Is is your husband part of your anchor to the earth? Does he keep you from flying off? I think in a good way, he does that. This is my second husband who I'm married to now, and I married him because he shares the same beliefs I do. We were both environmental activists. He puts his He sticks his neck out for what he believes in. He's always lived his beliefs. He's a writer. He's an environmental activist still to this day. So he is an anchor for me in that he keeps me tied to the pragmatic and the real. And he also kicks me in the butt and gets me moving on, you know, keeps me in touch with what I care about. He believes in me and I believe in him. That's a good shared belief to have. Well, let's keep going with your Song of the Soul. There's an awful lot that we'd like to share. And as a matter of fact, this is just installment one of two installments we're going to do with you because there's too many riches. The cup's overflowing, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we started out with me being from Georgia and moving out west on a zigzag path and then moving to that land and then leaving the land to start a band And my band was in its heyday in about 94. We were voted the best acoustic band in Sonoma County, which is bedroom community of San Francisco area. We were making an album. And um, my brother, who was the closest friend I've ever had in my life, came down with AIDS and asked me to move up with him. His partner died, and he was living alone. And in... 94, I did. I moved up to Seattle to become my brother's caregiver as he died of AIDS. For a couple of years, I lived with him. He was an amazing songwriter. He wrote almost 200 songs during his last few years of life. And I'm only now realizing how brilliant those songs are. And this is one of them. It's called Letting the Cat Die. It's a southern phrase. When you're swinging on the swing set and you decide to stop pushing and you just let your feet dangle and the swing starts to slow down, that's called Letting the Cat Die. So this song is Jordan Rand's Letting the Cat Die, and it's played by my band, Joanne Rand and the Little Big Band, and also Steve Kimock is playing on his electric guitar. I'm just letting the cat die, I'm just letting my feet drag, I'm put off the fiddle and watch me slide, I'm just letting the cat die. Letting the cat die, I'm just letting the room spin, I'm just letting the music stop, grab all the banners to don't fall in, I'm just letting the room spin, I'm just sitting the dance out in the corner. 
Puzzle, performed by Joanne Rand and the Little Big Band, written by Joanne's brother, Jordan Rand. This is Song of the Soul, and I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production on the web at northernspiritradio.org. With almost eight years of programs available for listening and free download, and you can order CDs to be sent to you, you can post comments, and we'd love to hear from you. And don't forget that you can make a donation via the site, and that's very important. But also remember to support your local community radio station doing an invaluable job of giving you a too-little-heard slice of music and news. Always support your local community radio stations. The song we just heard was performed by Joanne Rand, but, Joanne, that song was written by your brother, and both of you were Georgia-born and raised. How much do you reflect those kind of roots of Georgia and your family, and how did you grow up religiously, and how close are you to those kinds of roots? I'm very close to my parents, and they never pushed religion on me. It was there. If we wanted to go, we could go to church, but it was never pushed. And consequently, I've never had an aversion to it, like some people who get it shoved down their throats can't go in a church or hear the word God. You know, some people attribute a lot of baggage to the word God, and to me, I think I believe in God, but not as a personification. I believe in a force that strings through all of us and through the universe. It's the force of love. 
and I feel it at times stronger than others, and I find myself praying to it. It's not a personification, as I said. I feel kindred to Buddhism, which I was introduced to in my 20s when I moved to Santa Fe, Taos area, but I've never practiced any religion. I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. I think music is my religion. (laughs) That's where I find my meditation. Lately, I've been doing yoga as a practice and a lot of deep breathing. I find those places doing that right now. And I've embraced Native American culture in a big way and ritual. I wish that I had some kind of culture that I belong to that I could do you know, group rituals with, but I'm not finding that right now in my life. But that would be a wonderful feeling to have that. One of the essential parts, I think, to have religion is to have a community that one shares it with. I think that's one of the key differences between religion and spirituality. And certainly you can have spirituality without a community, and you can have it with a community, but I think then it gets called a religion. What's your community? Is it just you and your husband, or is it your musician friends? What would you call your closest community? Well, it's interesting because it's, it's changed throughout my life. At one point, my community was health practitioners. When I lived in New Mexico, I was a body worker, and my community was people that practiced the healing arts. And then as when I moved to the Northwest, my community became environmental activists. There was a huge movement at the time in the late 80s to protect the ancient forests out here and lots of enthusiasm and lots of energy there. And my music was launched in that genre. In fact, you know, I started touring without much effort and hundreds of people were coming to the shows because I was one of the main musicians for this movement. And then that kind of went away. And my community became the AIDS hospice community when I moved to Seattle. And then when I left there and started my own family, and you're spending more time alone at home with your family, now I'm raising my daughter. I guess my community, I would say one of my communities is the other musicians such as myself, bards, the troubadours who travel around singing about their political beliefs, their environmental beliefs, their spiritual beliefs. That's one of my communities. Another one is mothers everywhere that I know, (laughs) and then the environmentalists. Um, But I've spent a lot of time at home with my family when I'm not touring. I'm not a hugely social person. I'm just content to be at home with my family. So that's your most integral community right now. Right. My community of six. We have my daughter, my husband, myself, two dogs, and a bird. (laughs) (laughs) and so is this bird a musical bird are you the only one putting music into the air well actually the bird my daughter this is her second bird the first one flew out the front door a few years ago and the first bird actually influenced my songwriting because she would come land on me while i was playing the piano or the guitar she'd land on my fingers while i was playing the guitar as soon as i'd start singing she'd fly over and land on me And I'd tone it down so that I wouldn't upset her. So she made me mellower. (laughs) (laughs) But this bird is, it doesn't influence me. Okay. (laughs) 
Well, let's go right ahead and have you influence us some more with your music. If the bird's not going to do it, we're counting on you, Joanne. What's up next? <laughs> well, this next song is called Musical Cities. I wanted to include a couple of my brother's songs in this because he was truly an amazing songwriter. In fact, in going through my songs for this show, I really did take a closer look at a lot of my songs. I have 13 albums out and a lot of songs that didn't make it onto the albums. So there's a lot of material there. And after this many years, I think I've come to a better place of understanding what makes a good song. I think a good song needs to be universal. It needs to have hope. And it needs to tell a story. And Jordan's songs do that. This one is called Musical Cities. And it's about his pilgrimage. I followed him. I probably never would have left Atlanta if he hadn't gone first. He was five years older than me. And he made a big zigzag up to Chicago, out to San Francisco, up to Seattle. And I followed him a few years later. So this is his journey, Musical Cities. Tato Greyhound limps into town 28 people on board A cup of bad coffee and stale cheese crackers Counting the tiles in the floor Strangers with fluorescent skin It's funny how easy it is to be honest To people I won't see again Scrawling long letters on stiff paper towels Washing my hair in the sink Wrapping myself in a leather coat blanket Wearing dark glasses to think Lanterns and lightning bugs See how it pours 
weddings or killings or chemo. I've been playing musical cities, but now it seems like this might just be home. Round and round go the wheels of the city, in circles and islands and gears. See how it dances on high heel bridges. See how it falls like a garden of tears. Round and round go the soldiers of the city in couples or gathers or solo. I was bound for some other city, but now it seems like I might just stay here. The song's Musical Cities, written by our guest, Joanne Rands. It's her brother who wrote it, Jordan Rand. And it's from her CD, Grant Me Eyes, from back in 1996. So that must have been just shortly after he died. He died while I was making the album. It was an amazing process to write and record the songs as I was going through this transition time with him. So the songs are very raw, they're very emotional and real. One of the lines in there that caught my attention was something about how easy it is to be honest with people I don't know. (laughs) I love that. And there's another line that I love, roaches that wait till I leave. (laughs) (laughs) If you're from the South, you'll understand what that means. But I love the one line in there. He calls himself, I am the last of the gentlemen hobos. We always give more than we get. Smart, but we're simple and sentimental. The outlook has not harmed us yet. I think that's it in a nugget right there. Mm. (laughs) So you must have had this deep spiritual connection as well as the friendship with your brother. Yes. And, uh, Actually, when he died, it was three in the morning, and I was a mile away, and I woke up from a sound sleep, and I knew that everything I cared about the most in this world was rushing away from me. I just, yeah, I'll never forget that feeling. Those experiences at the end of life are so powerful. My wife had something like that happen with her mother and her mother's sister, and mother's sister deep in Alzheimer's, well-advanced, not able to talk. And at the moment when her sister in Iowa, she's, she was in California, her sister in Iowa dies, she wakes up and starts talking lucidly to her daughter there. Oh. And, oh, Bee's here. <laughs> Just oh. amazing. And so we hear about that the next day when we called them to say that she had died. And it's quite amazing. There's something there that I don't, sure don't understand. I'm not sure I know what life is, and so I don't know what death is. Well, what an interesting thing. I mean, there was a time which my brother was trying to convince me to move to Seattle. I was living in the Bay Area, and I had this band that was just recently voted the best band. And we were on our way up, you know. And here my brother was trying to convince me to move to Seattle. I was hemming and hawing. 
and I had this dream. In the dream, a friend of his came to me and told me to watch over my brother in no uncertain terms. <laughs> the next morning, I called to find out, because I was like, that dream was so powerful, I was worried about my brother. And the, the friend that had come in the dream had died right when I had that dream. So as he was dying, he came to me in the dream and told me I'd better move up to Seattle. So I did. I did. <laughs> wow. There's more than we can imagine. Well, as you said, we're going to run out of time here. Let's keep going with some more of your music. So Musical Cities was about Seattle. And now after playing Musical Cities a few more times, I find myself living in the city of Arcata, which is a funny little town. It's a very small town, but it's pretty urban for a little town. Got a lot of urban issues, and it's a college town. I was getting my second degree a few years ago, college degree in music composition, and surrounded by the young people, hopeful, you know, on the campus, pursuing their dreams. And then you go away from the college campus and you see all these homeless people in the streets. So this song is a series of vignettes. They're all true stories that we saw around Arcata, California. And it brings in the hopefulness of the young people. Streets Today by Joanne Rand and the Rhythm of the Open Hearts. Woman in a wheelchair going down a busy street When blowing her white hair and she's carrying her Christmas tree I see you Man on a street corner with an iPod and a sign My kid says, where'd you get the money for that, mister? You can't have mine I see you, yeah Images and snatches of the streets today Leave me laughing and crying Can't somebody find some way Keep us trying I, I, I see you Believe in yourself There's nothing more that you can do A man brushes a newspaper Flat against his face He leans his head into it Snoring at the boring human race he sits on the curb But dare not disturb his peace A guy in ragged clothes He's emaciated, he's frail He's tall and he stalks the streets Talking to his feet with his arms a flail. He walks alone without a hearth or home Images and snatches of the streets today Screaming at a man and his child. Leave me alone or I'll call the cops. 
and I might get wild. Then I saw her cardboard sign. Woman looking for a home that I can call mine. That's something I can relate to. The need to belong and find my people. Cause me, I always felt that I was part of the rock scam. And a hundred years too late to fully breathe in. Campus students, so many different kinds and shapes and colors, and the world is teeming with their bright young minds. Where will they go? Where will they go? Where will they go? Streets today. The phrase that you use over and over in there, Joanne, I see you, is that because it was opening to you that they were seen, or are you just so aware that they are not being seen by a lot of people? They're ignored. People just put on the blinders and go by them. Or is it their doubt about themselves? Because sometimes homeless people question whether they have a right to exist, I think. I think that it was personal. Literally, I see you. I see these these homeless people. I see these college students. I mean, it's just, I think that's the role of the artist is to step outside of yourself and be an observer, try and get inside the skin of these other people to really see them, see what it's like. Because yeah, I think music can change the world almost more than any other art form. That's my own personal bias. But in order to do so, you have to be invited in. You can only be invited in if you're not confronting the person with something they're going to put a wall up against. So you have to find a common ground with all the listeners. And until we can do that, we can't change the world. I think that's the key to changing the world. Well, let's change the world with one more song (laughs) for today, because we're going to have you back in just another week. I think we should put Amazing Grace on there. It's a song people are familiar with speaks to my roots, and it's about redemption. And what did you get redeemed from? I'm continually being redeemed. Since I was a little kid, I became aware of a cycle that occurred within me of the ego rearing its head and then being battered down, and then rearing its head and being battered down. (laughs) It's the cycle of, of believing in yourself, feeling good about yourself, and then feeling bad about yourself because you feel so good about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a continual cycle of redemption. (laughs) 
there's a button that goes around in Quaker circles, right? The button says, I'm proud to be a humble Quaker. So <laughs> maybe that's the cycle exactly. you're talking about. Yes. And the same can be said for the human race, you see. It's rearing its head. See us, see all that we can do, and then look at what we've done. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we have to forgive ourselves over and over and try and keep ourselves close to the ground as possible. So it's never too late. It's never too late. Look at this man. This man who wrote this song was a slave trader, and he forgave himself. This is one song people have gravitated towards for centuries, and there's a reason for that, because it's about forgiveness. It's about hope, and there's an open invitation for all to belong. So get ready, listeners, to hear Amazing Grace as you've never heard it before. I'll also note that we couldn't fit everything in this broadcast. So go to NorthernSpiritRadio.org and look for the bonus excerpts with this program, including one more song, Squaw Rock. You can find out more about Joanne on her site, JoanneRandMusic.com. So we'll close off, Joanne, with Amazing Grace. Thank you so much for sharing your music, for caring for the earth, and for joining me here today for Song of the Soul. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much, Mark. It's been a real pleasure. Amazing Grace by Joanne Rand. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound It saved a wretch like me I once was lost, but now I'm found Was blind but now I Now
for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song